You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So... We created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? It's been busy. It's been very busy. And I just feel like it has been... I don't know. I just feel like it's been busy. I thought I would finish up last year not having any charts open, making sure all the billing was complete, making sure that, you know, the house was in order. And that just did not happen. Like work happened, but like anything at home didn't happen. So this week I've been like hustling and bustling and taking all the Christmas decorations down. And, you know, after you take all your Christmas decorations down, you look at your house and you're like, do I need more decorations? Like, why does it look so bare in here? But you realize that it was because you had all this other Christmas stuff all around cluttering your house. And I'm not one that's big on clutter, but I, I will say it's made me look at some corners a little differently. Like hmm, a vase could go there. Hmm, a picture could go up here. Like this could make it look a little bit more homey, right? Because the Christmas decorations just automatically make your house just feel homey. And then the other piece to starting the year off is this is Harrison's last year of pre-anything, pre-K, right? So he's starting kindergarten. So kindergarten applications are due like in a month, in a month, kindergarten applications are due. So if you're a parent and you are applying for elementary or higher ed schools for your kids, shout out to you, toast to you, because this is some stressful stuff. And I know most people that have kids that apply to college, you've already done that. Like you did that in the fall and you're sort of waiting on your financial aid package and your acceptance letters. But people that are applying to grade school right now or high school, like this is like now the prime time for us, right? This is the like, hey, your kid got to go on an interview. You got to get the testing done. The parents have to get the parent package done. The teachers have to get the teacher evaluations done. Like we got to get this stuff done this month so we can secure somewhere for our kids. And luckily, I live in Cobb County, so I'm in a, I'm in the greater Atlanta area, but I'm really in Marietta, which is Cobb County, and the school system here isn't bad, so I've heard, but I'm just not familiar enough with the area to say, I'm just going to send Harrison to public school because I don't know anybody around, you know, I don't know the area enough to say that this is good enough to cultivate my little my little child. And likewise, I don't even know if the private schools are good enough, right? But I can do more research on private schools and visit them as opposed to public schools. So if you're listening and you're in the greater Atlanta area, let me know about these schools out here because for private schools, there's only two private schools in Marietta that are top rank. And that's, what is it? Mount Perrin, which is where he used to go and it doesn't go. And then the Walker School, which is where I think I want him to go to. Everywhere else is sort of toward the towards Buckhead College Park. It's in the city, right? So then I would have to say, if Harrison gets into one of those schools, I'm moving, right? Like, because I can't have my child commuting 45 minutes without traffic, which means an hour, 15 minutes in the mornings, right? So y'all just pray my strength because I really don't want to up and move after I've just been in this house for a year. Um, but I do know how private schools work. It doesn't matter, you know, really 
what your credentials are. It doesn't matter how well your kid does in the little application process or the little interview. Sometimes it's like alumni and we don't have any alumni that go there. Sometimes it's like they need a certain demographic to fit in there. Um, so just pray for us. I mean, we, we want to get Harrison into somewhere decent. And this is the thing that is in the forefront of my mind right now. And this is what is going to have me very busy over the upcoming weeks. In addition to all like, you know, per usual organizations work in addition to that stuff. But, um, but yeah, I, it's, it's been busy and the Christmas break, you can't get anything done during the Christmas, there's no schools open during the Christmas break. So if you have kids, any tips you have for applying to these private schools, or if you have any experience with Cobb County schools, let me know. I mean, we'll put this application in there as a backup, just in case we know that Georgia is a lottery system, even though you are paying it's still like you have to be zoned to whatever school you are going to, or you have to enter the lottery to get into another school system. Oh, y'all, this is so complicated. Who knew that parenting was this complicated? And and Janine, I know some parents that I'm looking like, oh, you a mama? Mm. How did they do it? And I feel like I'm strung out, stressed out doing it. Just saying. Oh, child. Well, all that you just said reminds me of why I would be so anxious if I was a parent, because I would be thinking the same thing like you, Nicole, like, how are you doing it? Like, it feels so overwhelming. I feel overwhelmed with my life. And the only person I'm responsible for is Janine and my dog. You know, Ken's a grown man. He can take care of himself. But I'm like, I'm already stressed out and overwhelmed and I don't have kindergarten applications to fill out. Do y'all have a friend school down there? You should send him to friend school. I think Harrison would thrive in friend school. I've never even heard of such thing called friend school. Really? I'll have to send it to you. You know, that's K through 12 for me. So I'll I'll send you the info. It's great education. There is a K, I'm seeing it now. There is a friend school of Atlanta, which has 4.8 out of five stars. But it is in Decatur, and it is 41 minutes away from me right now. So, again, I, I'm going to apply just because you said it has a good reputation. But, you know, everything is like 41 minutes. If we're not going to the Walker School, which is 12 minutes up the road, everything else is like 41 minutes. Somebody told me the Galloway School was good. But, again, who somebody has personal connections with the, the principal. But, again, we'd have to drive 45 minutes to get into it. Just saying. We'll see. Well, I will say it's a great education. And look, we know that wherever Harrison ends up, he's going to thrive. So we'll pray my strength. Um, how was your week, Jenny? So my week was busy because it was first week back to work for real. We never really actually stopped working. But, you know, the first week when you're back in the office, it becomes a thing. So it was a little busy in that regard. But I will say I'm really sticking to my not attending everything you're invited to rule, like a 50%. If you invite me, it's a 50-50 chance that I'm going to come. I am going to have a quota of events that I'm going to attend, a certain number, um, and then I'm going to be done. Like, if you make it into the event, get on my calendar early is what I'm saying. No, not to make it sound like, you know, I'm super busy like that. But, like, I'm really going to be intentional this year about not overbooking myself. I'm going to make the effort to not overbook myself. So I started off pretty good. I've been cooking a lot more. I've been, like... Stay, like, you know, when you spend time at home, you find things that you can do at home, right? Like you find things that you need to do or you're like, oh, I can fix that or I can change this or I can, you know, because you're here when you're outside all the time. It's like, you know, you run through your house and change clothes and there's a outfit set over here and an outfit set over there. And like, oh, wait, I have to, you know, maneuver here and change my calendar here and figure out, okay, let me pack this and figure that's way too much. And the chaos has just been overwhelming. And at 40... I really just don't want to be in the rat race that heavy. So, yeah, I've been quite the homebody this week. Busy at work, but homebody otherwise. I don't think homebody is a word I would use to describe you ever. But it is good to see that you've been spending some time at home, basking in your newfound walls, the smell of paint still in the air. I love it. There's nothing like the smell of fresh paint. I mean, obviously, you don't want to be in paint, get your high, and your paint fall out. But you know what I'm talking about. It's called new house smell. Just like new car smell, new house smell. You get your house freshly remodeled, even if it's an old house, it's new house smell. So you're sitting there enjoying the smell of new house, 
looking at all of the decorations you can put on there from Z Gallery. I love it, right? Restoration hardware, Z Gallery to the rescue. Yes. At least those are stories I like. I'm with it. All right, Janine. So what is on our timeline this week? I'm starting to get a little frustrated because I feel like the people listen to us, like they hear us. But I don't know that they're really actually like listening and paying attention. So I'm going to just reiterate some things that we've already talked about. And we're just going to get into it. So ladies, I feel like we have been talking about relationships and our our interactions with these men a lot. A lot. We talked about that a lot in 23. We did. And we talked about it from a, a varying lenses, right? We talked about it from being before you get married, being married, in the process of getting a divorce, being divorced. We've talked about it all, right? But we're just not getting it. There, it feels like there's a barrier. It feels like something is missing. The 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 words that are coming out of our mouths and the words that are landing on your ears seem to not be coinciding. And I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's that it's just not enough people are hearing us or the people just are choosing to not really pay attention. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but y'all help us out. Help us out and share the information that you get from us with other people. If you love your friends and you see that they're going in a different direction, it would it would be a great deed for you to share this information with them. Y'all, but we're going to go over this again. Because there's some people who are out here acing this. There are some people who are living their best life with their man and their husband. And they have 2.5 kids and a white picket fence. And the world is just their oyster. There's some people who are, are, are comprehending, right? And then we have some C students. Those students are kind of just skating by on the skin of their teeth. And the grace of God. And then there's some that just aren't even doing that. They're just out here kind of floundering and wondering why things aren't really working out, right? Ladies, in 2024, we are going to be all that we're supposed to be. And we aren't going to allow anything to get us off track. Nothing is going to derail this train. Not work, not our children, not our friends, and especially. Especially not these men. Did y'all hear me? Okay. So today, the timeline topic is brought to us by Ajale. And for those of you who are looking for her on TikTok, it's A-A-J-A-H-L-E. And it was brought to us actually via the Shade Room. Shout out to the Shade Room and shout out to AC The Plug and her entire team for giving us super engaging content. Love AC. Ajale decided to go on social media and ask us ladies a question. She was asking us for advice specifically about how we deal with our men and money. Here's what she asked. All right, serious question, y'all. For people in a relationship, me and my boyfriend always get a fight over money, bro. Okay, mind you, I'm not broke. Like, I, I'm, I'm not broke. I am broke right now, you feel what I'm saying? But I make good money is what I'm trying to say. And all my money goes into my bills. It's just after all my money goes into my bills, I usually have nothing left. So I picked up three jobs, right? But my boyfriend didn't like that I was working the three jobs because he felt like I wasn't around my kid as much, which doesn't make any sense. But anyways, nevertheless, um, also, um, I had to quit a third job because getting a sitter was becoming a little bit difficult because everybody started working um, in the evenings. So anyways, me and him always get in an argument over cash. And mind you, I'm only ever asking for cash on my off days. Like, if I'm paid, I'm good, right? On my off days, though, I do be asking him for cash. And I'm not talking about, like, hundreds of dollars. I'm talking about 10, 20, you know, maybe 50. And it majority of the time, it's to be put back into the house, right? Or it's to be put to good use. Like, I'm not asking him to get my hair done. I'm not asking him to get my nails done. He doesn't even get any of that stuff done for me. Like, he does none of that for me. Like, if he does something for me, I have to ask for it. You feel what I'm saying? But I don't feel like that's right. And I get mad because every time I ask him for money, he wants to explode or have some type of reaction that just triggers me. And I just want to know, like, 
do you females ask your man for money and how is that transaction like is it a fight is it normal to ask your man for money like how much money does he give you you know what i'm saying does he treat you to get your hair and nails done like my man literally does nothing but keep his money to himself like and it's annoying and he's very mr Krabs, and i don't like that and i don't know if that makes me sound shallow or whatever the case may be, but no, I, I want to marry a provider and I feel like providers, you know, will help out. And also he doesn't like to talk about his finances, bro. How are we supposed to be getting married in the future? If you can't even have a simple conversation about finances with me, it's always turning into I'm being money hungry, but it's like, I'm realistic, bro. We need to know our budget. How much are we able to spend? Am I wrong? <laughs> okay. Now, Nicole, as you know, I, or as I'm assuming that you know, I have a lot of opinions about this. A lot of opinions all in the same direction, but a lot of opinions nonetheless. So I kind of would like us to address this in a different situation, like in a different way. I think that we should just go ahead and give her advice like she's one of our listeners that wrote into us because she posted, she asked us for advice. I think we should just give her the advice that she's looking for. Nicole, you want to go ahead and give her some advice? I looked at this video several times. I actually watched probably like all of her videos on her TikTok because I was so bored with how much of her business is put out there. First off, this is, I'm going to give you a little bit of advice before I give you advice on how to ask your man for money. Um, first off, stop putting your business on social media. Period. Like everybody don't need to ha know how silly you are out here and how foolish you are and how being taken advantage of you are out here for millions of people to see. Now I get it. If you're getting a check from this because it's social media and you get click, you know, pay-per-click, I, I get it, right? I'm not knocking the hustle. I mean, people have OnlyFans pages for the same reason, right? The more viewers they have, the more money they get paid. Maybe this is your hustle. But if this is not, and you really are putting stuff out there because you are just venting about your relationship all the time and you're asking for advice, stop asking random strangers for advice, okay? You can write into the podcast yourself anonymously or even with your own name, but don't put your stuff all on so we know exactly who you are. So you know your boyfriend has seen that as well, which is why it's silly. Your boyfriend's family's seen it, that's why it's silly. Your whole family's seen it, that's why it's silly, right? So now you got everybody else in your business and you're looking fools, you have to sort of figure out how to justify you still being with this man, right? But when you post stuff, it only tells us a snippet of it. It only tells us your side of the story. So it really makes your boyfriend look like some, you know, half-employed lowlife when that may not be really the case. Okay, we don't really know that, right? All right, so that's that's aside from the question. The question you really asked after you told all your business was, how do you talk to your man or ask your man for money? Wasn't that the question basically, Jenny? This is how you do it, babe. I need X, Y, and Z amount of money, period. And if you're with somebody and you're laying down with somebody that you can't be honest about your finances with, you don't need to be with that person. If you are laying with somebody and y'all, especially if y'all sharing a household and y'all not sharing money, you need to move on. If you are in a relationship with somebody and you have shared any kind of goodies with somebody and you can't say, I need, I, I have a standing appointment Every other Wednesday morning to get my hair done. I get my nails done every Saturday. I need you to fund it. That's a problem for me. Okay. And if you say, well, he can't afford it. Da, 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 he can't afford to be in a relationship. Because if you can't afford to take care of yourself and, and do the things that you need to do to keep up your own sanity and self-care and make sure that your bills are paid and you have 20 cents to work rub together and he can't do it either, then what is the point? And I'm not saying that relationships are all about money because they're not, right? Some love should be involved there. But let's be real. Any relationship is to use one another. And, and, and I know that sounds bad, but it is. Friendships do the same thing. It's give and take, right? So if you have a man and you are on hard times, he's supposed to be able to step his game up and take care of the situation, right? Just like friendships, you have a best friend who does what? Sit and listen to you vent, let you borrow money when you need to borrow money. What she do? Come in your closet, borrow your clothes, ask you to borrow money, 
asked you to send her Uber when she in another town, she didn't lost her, her cell phone. I mean, that's the kind of things that friends do. Okay. We use one another. Okay. We use one another. So the problem happens is if one friend is over using and the other person isn't getting anything in return. Okay. That's not a give and take relationship anymore. It's a take, take, take relationship. And what she's throwing out there sounds like a take, take, take relationship. So she's paying the majority of the bills. They got a baby. She's taking care of for the majority of the time. She don't ask him for nothing. She on this video looking half raggedy. She's a pretty girl. I watched her other videos, but she's looking broke down on this particular video. She's talking about how she'll have money to get her hair and her nails done. And she asked her, her boyfriend for 20 stanky dollars. He has a problem. He gets an attitude with it. But I bet he don't have a problem when he tapping her on the shoulder at nighttime wanting to get him some. So this is the problem I'm having. So what do you mean you afraid? How do we ask? Same way he tapping you on the shoulder, rubbing on your thighs and your booty at nighttime. Same way. After he roll over, oh, babe, I'm going to need somebody to get my hair done tomorrow. And don't even hesitate. Be serious. I need some money to get my hair done. Don't ask him where he get it from. You don't care. Don't ask him when he going to have it. Tomorrow is when he's going to have it because that's when you said you needed it. Okay. Don't ask him if he's paid X, Y, Z amount of bills. Assume that he's paid them because he needs to man up and pay them. So uh, uh-uh. none of this, we going to only ask. I only asked him for $20. Why did you only ask him for $20? Girl, your nails going to cost more than $20. A paint change costs more than $20. So why are you only asking him for $20? And him having a problem? Give you $20? He's sucking up $20 worth of oxygen and air in your house by the minute. And he has a problem giving you $20? It makes me think how much of the household is he contributing to, okay? I can see if he's paying all the bills and you're, you know, using your money for leisure. And he's like, dang, I'm paying all the bills. Like, you're not paying nothing. Go out and buy your own stuff. I can see that because some couples have that arrangement. You pay all the bills and I have a, the our leisure money. All right. But when you blow through the leisure money and want to tap into the bill money, then that's a problem. I understand that. But it sounds like you're working two, three jobs, okay, to pay bills. I'm confused. What are we doing that both of y'all got to be working like that? And if, if and I say that because if you're working three jobs, he needs to be working three jobs. Like there's no way that as the woman that's taking care of that's most of the child responsibility. You're going to have the majority of the jobs. And he's going to be at home playing video games. Because then he's, he's causing more bills, more electricity bills. The air is blowing harder. When you at home, you're eating bonbons and tater chips and all kinds of stuff. Sucking up food from the babies, eating the baby snacks. Come on now. He's becoming a liability. So if he's not working harder than you're working, then that's a problem. You need to move on. So how do we ask? We just do it. I need X, Y, and Z. Now we put on our cute faces and cute voices because men and these egos, honey. Baby, I need $100 to get my nails done. That's how you ask. I need. That's how you ask. And if you can't do that, then, honey, you need to move on. You being pimped out is what you being. Pimped out. And that's a shame. Nicole, we're going to say she's ill-informed. We're going to say that she doesn't have friends that listen to this podcast because as much as we've talked about this, I feel like we're a broken record, right? I feel like we've told the women don't have the babies. We've told the women. Like, I don't know what else to tell y'all. These men will not value you until you value yourself, your time, your space, and your vagina. Okay, let's go back. Nicole, you said he's going to become a liability. I feel like he is a liability already because the, the thing I wasn't clear about was whether the son is theirs or it's just hers. Either way, she said, I went through, like you, Nicole, I went through some of her other videos. And one of the videos that she posted was about how he woke up and her son was crying and she got up to handle with her, like, you know, to deal with her son. 
And then she w- he was like, oh, I want breakfast. And then she said, big breakfast or little breakfast. And he was like, big breakfast. And she was like, that meant grits, I think, pancakes, eggs. I don't remember which one. Then he wanted to squabble with her about the eggs and the seasoning of the eggs and sits down, doesn't apologize about squabbling with her, eats all the food. I'm just like, whoa, ma'am. Like, let me tell you something. I'm not going to go catch the pig, kill the pig, bring the bacon home, fry the bacon up and serve you the bacon. Let me tell you something. We had been free or a reasonable facsimile of free for a very long time now. And what I don't have to do is sit here and act like I'm a slave because you want to sit here and not have any responsibility for your actions. Now, if this is his son, he's a bum. Let me tell you why. It's no way. And I understand that we live in a world now where, you know, these men are out here trying to gain clout by how down and out and destitute their baby mom is. Y'all, that is very temporary for these no good, not raised well men that live out here and think that it's cute to live off of women, right? That phase will come and go. Please know that. That phase is going to come. And that phase is going to go is nobody's going to be the wiser that it came and went. Let's be honest. It's not cute to say that you had babies by a woman that you thought enough of to have a child by. But then you worked actively to make her struggle after she gave birth to your seed. Like really sit and think about what you what you're doing. Right. It's really insane. And y'all think it's cute. It's not. So let's go back. This man thinking it's okay to have his the mother of his kids, if it is the mother of his kid, works three jobs to make sure that the household is taken care of, and she asks him for a measly $20, and he says no, or they get into an argument about it. What you should be doing, sir, is apologizing that you can't give her the $20 if that's the case, right? But here's the part that really bothered me. She said that he gets crabby about it, but then she also said that his money is for him. No, sir. We're in a relationship. I'm supposed to be your woman and you're about to say that your money is for you. What you should be thinking about is how you can make more money to make sure that we are all taken care of. Because regardless of whether you actually fathered this child or not, regardless of whether you actually fathered this child or not, if you want to be with me, if he's my child, or if this is my child, then we come as a package deal. So, sir, what are we doing? What you should be doing is figuring out how you can put yourself in a position to take care of all of us. What you should be doing is saying, you know what, baby, one day you're not going to have to work these three jobs. Stop. Stop with the, the projecting your insecurity on to your woman because you can't afford it right now. Quit it. If you can't afford it, tell her, communicate to her. But you got this woman out here asking social media going viral on the shade room because you not able to live up to your responsibilities. So for Ajale to answer your question, as Nicole just answered your question, but I'm going to reiterate to you to answer your question. If you need money and I'm not talking nails, it's a thing, right? But maybe, maybe it's not nails. Maybe you, you talking about taking care of household bills. I watched one of your videos and you're like, well, you pay the rent because he doesn't get paid until this point, And then the bills are packed up and you're kind of playing catch up. Right? So we're not worried about nails. We're not worried about hair because those are not actual necessities. What we are worried about is that you keep a roof over your head. The electricity stays on. There's gas in your house. If that, if you have gas heating, you you're worried about the things that are a necessity to make sure that you and your household stay alive. Right? Now, if he cannot contribute to those things, girl, I, I don't remember who wrote the book or the play, but you can do bad by yourself. If you want to struggle and be worried about whether your lights are going to get cut off and your heat's going to be turned off, or you want to struggle and be having to ask for public assistance or ask your friends and family for help, if you're struggling, let me tell you something. I'll help anybody, right? But I second guess helping you if you got a whole man sitting in the house a whole able-bodied man sitting in the house. I don't know why I need to help you if you got a whole able-bodied man sitting in the house. Does he have a license? Let him drive Uber. He has a license, at night he can door dash. He have a license, can he do Instacart? Paid $19.99, have him go get a CDL. 
I don't know what it is out here that we think that we're too good for certain jobs. If you're working three jobs, he need to be working three jobs, but he really need to be working four jobs, but we're going to deal with three. He ain't going to be sitting up, rolling up early in the morning, demanding the kind of breakfast he gets. And I'm out here working one, two, three jobs. He's also not going to be demanding what kind of dinner he gets and sitting around talking about something you want to touch and tap me on the leg and all this other thing when I'm cooking and cleaning when I get home from my three jobs. Sir, what planet do you live on? Ajale, this is what I said to you. The old saying that I know everyone has heard is why buy the cow if you can get the milk for free? It's true. You are giving him everything that he needs. Plus some. You give him a roof over his head. You're feeding him. He has heat and water, I'm assuming. And guess what? He has the nerve to tap you on your shoulder and, and you give that to him too. What is the reason that he would do any better? He is doing the bare minimum and he's getting everything that he wants. Why does he need to do anything different? I'm just curious. I'm not telling you you're silly. I'm not saying you're stupid. I'm not saying you should change what it is that you do. Because girl, if you like it, I love it. But what I'm asking you is, because you asked us a question, so I'm going to ask you a question because I'm just going to assume you like one of our listeners. I would ask you a listener a question, right? My question to you is, what is his incentive to do anything different than what he's doing right now? So, yeah, um, I think you let her have it. I think you beat that. We both beat that to death. Hopefully she'll take heed. We, we definitely should tag her for all the posts from this week because... I'm hoping this is all for entertainment purposes. It seems like this is all for entertainment purposes. That's all I'm going to say about that. It has to be. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. All right, Jenny, are you ready to read through some of these other situations from our listeners? Let's do it. All right, so the first letter reads, Hey ladies, my man and I have been together a little over a year. He is the sweetest person ever and he usually makes me feel like a princess. We met through our previous jobs at the same hospital. I'm a nurse and he's a respiratory therapist, but now we work for different hospital systems. We moved in together a little over three months ago. He carries most of the bills, including his mortgage, since it's his house, but I do pay the electricity bill, cable, and internet. He pays the other essential, quote unquote, household bills. A few weeks ago, he found out that his mother had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. And now last week, he found out that everyone at the hospital would be taking a 12% pay cut due to financial goals not being met last year. So we had a conversation last night and he asked if I was in the financial position to help pay for more of the household bills. He said it would be temporary because he would be looking for a new job to either compensate for his loss in pay or a new full-time job with more pay. I told him I needed to see how much I could contribute since I had been paying large sums of my student loans off and hadn't been able to save much since moving in. Deep down, I really don't think I should have to help offset his loss in income, especially since I'm not his wife. We don't have joint accounts and I'm not on his benefits at work. He's the man and he could figure out a way to make this happen, right? Nicole, I know you've spoken about being a Southern Belle and believing in gender roles. Isn't this his role to provide? I feel as if both of you understand where I'm coming from. So how can I encourage my man to step up and not expect for me to take over his role as head of the house? Signed, Savannah. Okay, Savannah. I know that you want Nicole to give you advice first. But too bad, so sad. You got me. Here's what I have to tell you. Savannah, you're a little delusional. Just a tad, right? Because you've been helping with the electricity. You've been helping with this. And he's not sitting on his tail and playing video games and eating bonbons. And he's not rolling up early in the morning. And he's not, he's not doing those things. Y'all work in a hospital, in a medical system. And he didn't 
screw around and lose his job, right? That's not what happened. What happened was, is basic, like the cyclical nature of the economy, right? Unfortunately, his hospital system didn't meet their goals. He then subsequently had to take a pay cut. He has a plan to get to the point where he was before to make sure that he can take over his bills. But here's my thing. If you're enjoying this house and you're enjoying this electricity and you're enjoying all of these things, him asking you to help out with the bills is not out of the realm of possibility. I know you want to be kept and you want to have gender roles and you want to do this, but let's really go back to what gender roles say. I'm going to go back to the Bible for you, right? The Bible says that we were put here to be a help meet. Now, I know that you're sitting here saying I'm not married and I'm not going to sit here and tell you to have married women responsibilities for as a single woman. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is you can't have your cake and eat it too. If you were laying up in this man's house before, the fact that he's now in a situation and you still want to lay up in his house and you think that your wife material, well, wife material would say, you know what? He's not sitting at the table eating bonbons. He's not doing the things that you probably see some of your friends men do. Your friends are probably complaining about it. He's not doing those things. But dear, you laying up in his house like you his wife. But you don't want to you don't want to contribute and help him like you're his wife. Pick one or the other. Either go live wherever it is that you want to live or wherever you have your place. And stop shacking up with this man and paying half the bills like you're his wife. Or you help him out in this situation because the reality of it is, is if you're positioning yourself to be his wife, common sense will tell you he's probably sitting, taking this situation and analyzing what will this be like when I am married to her? If he's interested in marrying you. Now that's another question. You only can answer that. But here's my thing. If he's sitting and analyzing, if it were me and I'm sitting and analyzing as a man say, let me see if this could be my wife. When I fell on hard times, she said, I don't know if I can do this. Not that she, not that she can't do it because she doesn't actually have it, but because she's spending, paying more money on her student loans now. And she wants to see if she should, should do this because she doesn't know if that's what women are supposed to do. If you get hurt, sir, who is going to pay your bills then? Let me tell you something. I don't know if she's at her name, but let me, let me tell you this. If it were me and you said no, that would be all the sign that I needed to know that I don't need to marry you. Because when hard times come, you gonna go running. I'm just saying you was paying the electricity bill and you were okay with it like you were a wife. But now all of a sudden it's not okay to help with the bills. I'm confused because I'm not paying bills at a house that I don't live at. And if you shacking up like you the wife, then what's the problem with you helping this man out with these bills? I don't know. Nicole, you tell them, tell the lady what you think. I think that this is not the woman for him. I just, I mean, it sounds like they're both very well educated. They probably get along. They were friends. They work together. But it seems like he's trying to step up and make sure he's stepping up as a man, even saying this is going to be temporary because I'm going to get a supplemental job or a new job that makes even more money, right? And with all these respiratory infections, I mean, the respiratory therapist is not going to have a hard time finding a job in another ICU, okay? I'm just saying. This is very temporary for him. But, you know, the man's mama just got diagnosed with cancer shortly after you moved in. You know, this is his house. He's paying the mortgage. He's just asking you to help pay utilities. Really, though? And you're a nurse, so it's not like you're working, like, some low minimum wage job where you're not going to be able to afford anything if you decide to step up and help pay. Girl, you're a whole nurse. And just because you've been putting a lot of money into your student loan payments, which I get and applaud. Sometimes you have to go back and pay what that minimum payment is for a little bit of time so that you can pivot and help with your household. If you really want to be with this man, this man that is being a real man and stepping up and handling business, then you need to be the help meet when the help is needed. Okay. So you need to be able to do all the things that Proverbs 31 woman has got to do, right? Because ain't no man worried when he got a property 
31 woman. She got money stashed to the side. She going to put in money. She ain't let no bills get cut off. You got a hole in your uh, shirt. She going to sew that mug up real quick, make you look brand new. She going to make all the, the little slops that you bring into the household smell like peaches and cream. I mean, listen, if you want that kind of man that's going to continue to handle business, you have to be the woman that's able to know your role as a woman, but be able to step up when the time is needed. And it doesn't seem like you're that person that even wants to step up. It sounds like you're being very selfish right now by saying, uh, I don't think I should because I'm not the wife. Well, you will never be the wife with that mentality. And if you have the mentality of, oh, I'm not the wife, I don't need to play the role of the wife, then don't be in the household driving up the bills. You can't be up there playing house without house responsibilities. You weren't saying that when you sitting there in the bed eating bonbons and getting your mani-pedi done and banking all your money to pay off all your loans in advance. You weren't saying all that when you had all the benefits. But now, oh, I'm not the wife. Oh, but you played wife. So what I would say to her is you got to make up your, your mind. Either you want to be somebody that says, I'm going to put boundaries on this thing and I am not going to play the role of a wife meaning I'm not investing my finances into this relationship, which you can very well do, do it. But that means you need to take a step back, say, hey, this is not what I thought it was going to be. We moved too fast. I need to move into my own place. We need to be in a relationship separately. I think financially this is best for you so that I don't have, I don't contribute to the increased cost of your bills. Okay. or you can woman up and say, this is where I want to be. I'm playing housewife with this man. And so I am going to contribute as I need to as someone, as a potential wife and as a potential wife would, would be and would do. You cannot have your cake and eat it too, okay? At least not always. This is a not always situation. But listening to you describing this man, it's not even the man describing him. You're describing him as this amazing guy that's only asking you to step up temporarily. So step up or lose your man. And let me tell you, we've done episodes on this. The dating pool has what in it? Piss, poop, dog, boo-boo, I mean, all kind of stuff. Bird droppings, it ain't good out here. Okay, so if you think, Oh, I'm just going to move on and get another one him? Uh-uh, baby. There's not a lot of him going around here. So you need to step your game up and be smart about this, this situation. And I'm not saying you can't find anybody else. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying he's a rarity. He's a rarity. To even, because, I mean, these men out here want you pay 50% of the bills. Make more than you and still want you pay 50% of the That's the kind of letters we're getting from, from all over the nation. Okay, not just in D.C. and in Atlanta and Houston, uh-uh, from everywhere, okay? So um, be smart about this thing. I would step up. I would say this is how much I can contribute. Or I'd have an open conversation like, hey, what do you think I need to contribute? You know, you think you need me to help you with all the utilities and you can take on the mortgage? Because the mortgage is usually the beast, right? Or do we need to get rid of some bills? Like, do we really need to subscribe to Netflix, Hulu, and Peacock? <laughs> Do we really need to subscribe to Audible? Like those little things that we do, they really do add up, okay? There are people that have that are trying not to get cable because cable's so expensive, right? But they got Hulu, Netflix. They got, you know, Amazon. They got premium channels on Amazon. I mean, after you add that up, that's cable. What premium channels? So can we get rid of some of those? Like I would sit down and say, let's let's look at, see what we can cut back. Yes, I'm willing to help, but realistically, let's see what we can cut back as well so that you're not as strained in the future and I'm not as strained. And I think as uh, couples need to do that anyway. They need to sit back and say, what is being automatically drafted from our accounts, right? I had a whole subscription to Amazing Lash Studio, right? So pre-Harrison, I used to get my lashes done, like clockwork, every three weeks, I get my Lashes done, I go to European Wax Studio and get 
a wax. That was my like self-care, mani-pedi, lashes, wax, right? But once I got pregnant, I couldn't lay on the bed that long to even get my lashes done. And Lord forbid, I'm going to get a wax while I'm pregnant. It wasn't going down. It wasn't happening. So I stopped those subscriptions, right? Or they, they allowed you to put them on pause, right? Then after I had them, I resumed the subscription for Amazing Last Studio, continued to uh, discontinue the uh, European Wax Studio. So I moved. I moved to Houston. And there was no Amazing Last Studio in the 30-minute vicinity. So I called and canceled that, right? Do you know that I had some $829 that had came out after I stopped the subscription? And I say that because, y'all, $70 a month starts to add up. And if you don't know it, you look up and you're like, these people have gotten how much money from me just because I wasn't diligent enough to keep an eye on what was going out automatically. And I called them and because it had stopped for like two years and resumed. So apparently updated their database and it kicked back in automatic drafting, right? Two years after I stopped it. So they refunded me the $829 without a problem. But I say that to say, sometimes we do need to go back in our accounts and say, what's getting automatically drafted? How can we save money? What is this? Are we using this anymore? Is this serving a purpose? And you can see, you can cut hundreds of dollars a month just by doing that. So I would encourage her to do that in addition to stepping up. All right, Janine, what does your letter read? So my letter says, Nicole and Janine, my children's father and I have been together for 20 plus years. We have three beautiful children together and we just welcomed our first grandbaby. Yes, grandbaby. We are just 47 and 49. I love Marcus dearly. I really do, but I want to get married. You see, we've been together for almost 25 years and we've been engaged for 20 years. Shortly after we had our, our oldest and first son, Marcus proposed. While we were planning our wedding, I found out that I was pregnant with our middle child. We had to pull things together and buy a house, which is in his name, by the way, and working on trying to make and while we were working on trying to make ends meet, things trumped the wedding. Life kind of just got in the way. By the time it felt like we were keeping our heads above water, I popped up pregnant again. We had plans to get married on our 25th anniversary, and now our finances are a bit tight because we have custody of our son's baby while he's deployed. I've told Marcus several times that I would be okay with just going to the courthouse, but he says that he doesn't want to do that. It feels like really he doesn't want to get married. At this point, I just want to be his wife and share the same last name as my family. Ladies, how can I convince Marcus that I don't care about the wedding and to let him know that I just want to be married. I just want to be his wife. Signed, Terry. All right, let me clarify a couple things. You think the man doesn't want to marry you because you've been together for 25 years. He does not want to marry you, period. If that man wanted to marry you, he would ask you to marry him and he would help you start to plan to marry him, okay? Even if he proposed and y'all just haven't got married, he would still say, what's taking you so long to set a date? Why have we not gotten married? If it's money, let's go to the justice of the peace. If that man wanted to marry you, there would be nothing to stop him from marrying you. But he has got the milk, the cow, the grass that's growing in the backyard, the fenced-in stable. He got it all at home. So why is he going to marry you? He is not. He does not want to marry you. You want to marry him? You can play this millennial thing and go around and ask him to marry you and see where that gets you. Because, I mean, let me, let me, um, what's that, what's that boy's name? Christy and Mr. Jones, are they married yet? Mm-mm. Uh-uh. She basically forced him into being engaged. And they still never got married. Okay. That happens a lot. And I, and I say this because, like the last listener, 
You know, Nicole, I know you're a Southern Belle. I am very traditional in that respect. You will not catch Nicole on bending knee, proposing to no man. I just don't think that that's my role. That's not by, he who finds a wife, he who finds a wife, you cannot force a man to marry you. You can say, hey, listen, I want to be married. And you can say, I'm not trying to threaten you, but let's not waste each other's time. I know I deserve to be a wife. I know I deserve to be legally bound to, to someone, even though at this point he is because of common law. But you get my point. I deserve to be able to financially plan for someone and plan for a future as opposed to shacking up and wondering when and if we're going to have a future together. And if you're not ready, I have to move on. I mean, they can only respect you for that. You waited long enough. And sometimes you have to show them better than you can tell them. But he knows you're not going anywhere. Because you've been there, what'd you say, 20 or 25 years, Janine? 25 years, even if it was 10 years, even if it was five years, that's a long time to be waiting for a ring when you're not in your 20s. So I'm just saying, TikTok, and I would have a very, you know, honest conversation with them, and I would say, baby, I want nothing to, but to be your wife. I really want us to build a future together. But if you're not ready, or if you don't think that I'm worthy enough to be your wife, then I need to move on. Like, it's not fair to me to have me out here waiting this long and you're not marrying me. What is your reservations? And I would listen to his reservations. And if he says, no, I do want to marry you, I will say, okay, well, I'm not trying to pressure you or put you on a time limit. Because we've been together for 25 years. But if we're not engaged this year, I'm letting you know I'm going to move on. And I wouldn't say another word. I wouldn't remind him. You got 11 more months. You got 10 more months. I wouldn't count down. You've had the discussion now. He knows that by December 31st of 2024, you need a ring. And if he doesn't do it, then the beginning of December, you start packing your shit. Don't even say anything. You just start packing your shit and you get on out of there. You start banking your money on the side. Save up money for your deposit, whatever you need to do. Because if he doesn't make a move, it's very telling. It's telling of how much he values you and your relationship. It's telling how serious he thinks you are. And it really shows that he doesn't want to get married despite everything he's saying. And for some people, that's okay. Some people can pull and Oprah and Stedman and never get married. And that's okay with them. But that has to be a mutual decision. And obviously it's not mutual if you're saying you want nothing more than to marry this man. But you're going to have to make some very hard decisions. And you have to put your big girl draws on because you're not getting no younger, sweetie. You can be somebody else's prize instead of his toy. So you got to make some decisions, give him an ultimatum and move on. Terry, I don't think that you should give him an ultimatum. I think that this is a classic example of why you have to stop giving the milk away for free. He don't have no reason to, and I don't believe that he doesn't love you. I mean, he's literally created a family with you, right? Not had one child, not had two children, and he didn't split on you. Like y'all, you still live in this man's house. So I believe that he loves you, but what is, why does it, why does he need to get married now? If I were him, I'd be like, we've been together 25 years. What you pressing me for now? Like, really, why are you pressing me now? It's been 25 years. And then just miraculously, at year 25, when you all have decided that you're going to have your, your wedding after 25 years, now all of a sudden you all have custody of your grandchild. Listen, sometimes the Lord gives you signs, right? And I'm not saying this is a sign from the Lord, but I'm just telling you, Really, maybe you need to sit down in some quiet time with the Lord and figure out what you need to do. Because you can write into us and we can tell you, girl, go ahead and leave this man because he ain't about to marry you. I mean, we hope that he marries you. I would hope that he would want to marry you because, I mean, I'm sure it's a tree somewhere that says Terry and Marcus carved into it. Because y'all have been together literally all of your adult life. I just, I'm, I feel sad for you because I feel like you've wasted a lot of your time. But I will say this, your situation could be a lot worse, right? Like we're telling you this, but your situation could be worse. Your situation could be where he 
you know, came back and knocked you up and y'all had three kids and now you're raising your grandchild and he could be nowhere to be found, right? All this time you've been living in his house, all this time y'all been living like you married. And to Nicole's point, y'all are basically common law, don't know what state you live in, but you could be common law married at this point. You could be married. But this is what I need you to express to him. Matter of fact, you can play this for him, right? And this is actually something that my pastor brought up this morning in, in Sunday service. Um, she said that women, there are certain things that they want, but ultimately what we want is stability and security, right? Men want peace at home and we want stability and security. We want to know that you love us and we want to know that you are going to be there for us. And we want to know that if times get hard, you're going to take the brunt of the responsibility for us. And we want to know that you are here to provide and protect us, right? So Marcus, if it doesn't mean that much to you, imagine how much that means to Terry. And if it means that much to her and you love her, which you clearly do because you've been here for 25 years, just make her an honest woman and marry her, please. I know the, the justice of the peace or the courthouse doesn't seem like what you want, but the wedding clearly doesn't matter to you. But it matters to her. She just wants to be married. And if you love her, you will marry her because it's not changing anything. It's literally just giving her what she wants to be, your wife, and she wants to share the last name of you and I'm assuming her children. Is it that hard? You can have somebody come to the house and marry y'all. Just saying. And Terry, if you play this for Marcus and we not getting married in the next six months, there's your answer, baby girl. You can't make anybody marry you. Write us back in six months and let us know how this went. Ooh, and Janine asked for updates. You know it's getting real. Let's write us back in six months and let us know how this went. Just saying. All right, Janine. Um, ooh, now that we gave it to the folks, what did you learn new this week? I'm not sure that this is new. It could be a reminder. But if I needed a reminder, I feel like everybody needed a reminder, right? So I got this from childtrends.org. So child, like, you know, the kid, trends like trendingtopics.org. And it's just a very basic statistic that I would like us to all be mindful of. And it's that 40% of births in the United States occur outside of marriage, which is up from the 28% in 1990. I'm pretty sure that everybody that's listening to our podcast, unless you're listening with your parents, can remember 1990. It was 28% of of children were born outside of marriage in 1990. Now we're at 40%. Y'all, statistic after statistic shows the benefits of a child being raised in a two-parent household. Again, two parents is helpful. We also see that typically when it's not when a child is born outside of a marriage, the parents will split. Co-parenting is great, but let me tell you something. You want what's best for your child. Think about before we get down too far down the road, Think about who we're having these babies with to begin with. All Janina's saying. Nicole, what did you learn new this week? So, Janine, before we get to that, that is a statistic. And I'll just, Janine is not judging, okay? Obviously, Nicole is divorced. Nicole is a single parent that co-parents. So we're not judging. But she is right. It is very hard being a single parent. And that's with someone that does want to co-parent with you. Like I have texted James this whole recording about different schools. We co-parent very well together, but it still doesn't take the place of somebody being consistently there in the household, helping you to raise this child. And luckily I have obviously another resource as my, with my mom, but it's still, you know, it's, it's very complicated. You have to be very intentional and in making sure your child is not neglected in any form or fashion and has all the resources they need. So I just wanted to throw it out there because I know somebody's going to come for us talking about, that ain't talking about us. No, Nicole is in a single-parent household too, okay? But facts are facts, okay? You can't make up those facts. And I would also like to point out that both Nicole and I were raised in single-parent households and we turned out amazing. That's not what I'm saying. We're not judging. What we're saying is that statistically, it's better when kids are raised in a dual parent household. They're just one less boundary and hurdle that they have to overcome. All right. So what I learned was nearly 70% of millennial women have experienced financial abuse 
by a romantic partner. And here's some some forms of financial abuse, okay? Because it can go either extreme, right? Like whether that is them making you feel guilty for making money or them withholding money. So some examples. So they open credit cards in your name without your knowledge. That's financial abuse, y'all. If they default on accounts in your name that affects your credit, financial abuse. They make you take out loans or borrow from family members and don't pay it back, financial abuse. They hide money from you, financial abuse. They refuse to let you work or try to sabotage your career, financial abuse. Or they make you pay all the bills and not share their money with you, financial abuse. All right, Janine. So are we ready for the motivational moments? Let's do it. This motivational moment comes from Susie Kasim, and she is a best-selling author, a poet. And after I read this motivational um, quote, I literally went and read a whole bunch of stuff and ordered her book because homegirl's on point. So she says, love is worth so much more than money. There are so many people who are filthy rich, but have nobody to genuinely love them. Unconditional love is priceless. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay, and show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh That's Deep BWC. Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.